My name is Nick Flower, and I'm a clinical psychologist who specializes in behavior therapy. And I'm Lauren McLean, and I am a therapist who specializes in behavioral therapy as well. Welcome to Psychologically Incorrect. This is a podcast about real life through the lens of behavioral psychology and applying the lessons of clinical psychology into everyday issues. Okay, welcome to Psychologically Incorrect. Today, uh, we are here to talk about one of my favorite words, Lauren. <laughs> no. Um, this is a word that I don't think gets used nearly enough uh, with people these days. Uh, that's such an anecdotal thing to say, but I think it's probably true. Let's just assume that it is, uh, especially with regards to, I see, I see it in parenting. I see it in my own life uh, with children. I think I see it with the patients that I see. Um, you know, I'm often talking about the word no and selfishness and needing more of that. And, uh, that's what we're going to get into today. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, I like the word no too. Uh, I will say that when I thought about preparing for what, what I, we wanted to talk about today, one thing that I realized that if we're going to be talking a lot about no, de facto, we're also going to be talking a lot about guilt. Because that is the reason people struggle with saying no, is that they feel badly. Right. And because they feel badly, there's this whole trickle down of like compensation and behaviors and avoidance and, you know, so on and so forth, because they don't like saying no. And there's consequences to that, both intra-personally and inter-personally. So, so yeah, so let's kind of go through the rationale of what do we like about it? You tell me, you go first. What do you like about no? Well, I like I like no because it is a um, it's a thing that you can do that falls in line with maybe our larger virtue. I like to talk about which is selfishness. You know, uh, so no is a tool to engage in selfishness, if that makes sense. It's a selfish behavior. Now, what do I mean by selfishness? Usually, that's a negative connotation. Um, you almost never hear people saying to be selfish is a virtue, you know, it's always, almost always used in a negative connotation. And I suppose if it's the last cookie on the plate and your kid is like, daddy, can I have that? And you take it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like the mean kind of selfishness. That's not what we're talking about. Um, what I'm talking about is, you know, taking people, taking time for themselves to relax, to, um, you know, to, to take care of themselves. What do we call it in what do we call it in our world? Self-care. You know what I mean? How many <laughs> I was times? Say that, yeah. In the therapy the, world, the, we do talk a lot about self-care with an eye roll for some people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's almost like a therapy cliche, which is kind of what um, I was going for there. Like, but but it's true. You know, this is the you know this is the notion that when you're riding an airplane, the the flight attendant says to put the mask on on you first and not your kids. And, you know, uh, I think that's a really good lesson from 30,000 feet that we can all, you know, aspire to. So, yeah, I like the word no, because I don't think people say it enough with regards to their own self-care. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about this in the therapy that I do with people when it comes up, it's not like the, like a soapbox issue that everyone must hear when they come in my room. But, uh, and I try to practice it for myself. I think that, I think what you said about guilt though is, is really important. And that's the, that's the barrier, right? That's why people 
don't say it, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's one of the reasons. Um, it's you know, selfishness is a virtue. I, I think we're talking two sides of the same coin, but actually, one of the reasons that I like the word no is I actually think it has more to do with self-respect. That I respect myself and know uh, enough. I'm sorry to ask for what I need, what I want, what's important to me. To designate time and energy and resources to things that are important and healthy for me, um, and it, it just shows, like I said, just regard for yourself that I am, you know, a valid, worthy, legitimate person. I also think that saying no to other people. Um, can show respect for them too. You know, I think that with people pleasing, we're not really showing respect because we're saying, I'm afraid to say no to you. I'm afraid to, you know, make you upset. And so I'm going to like overfunction. I'm going to carry the burden. I'm going to be the martyr, you know, whatever. Right. You're not showing really respect for yourself or the other person in that situation. Or, you know, you're just, you know, avoiding. Or respect for the relationship. That's exactly. How, well, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing you say. Respect for the relationship that we can't, that, that this relationship can't sustain me saying no or being assertive or being selfish. Yeah, totally. It's like, you know, there's two sides to every story. There's two sides to every conflict. There's my side and there's your side and they're both valid. And sometimes they're in conflict with each other. And I, I need to do what's best for me. And I respect that you need to do what's, you know, best for you. And, you know, sometimes me saying no is showing respect for, for both parties, even though it's hard to hear. Well, why don't people do it? What, I mean, guilt, uncomfort, discomfort, I should say, avoid it. Discomfort, right. Some right. of it I think is a knowledge gap or a skills deficit. I don't know how to say no. I don't feel super comfortable doing it. So therefore I don't. And it's more of kind of like a passive avoidance or, or you know, were yeah because it yeah what were Sorry, you saying no go, it's okay go ahead what were you gonna say well because they um they're not well practiced at it exactly so so the fear of um what the other person how they will react is one how like you said intra and inter so how the other person will react if i say no how this relationship will evolve or devolve and and so or and also how will i feel both of those reasons for not wanting to say no, I'm negatively reinforced, you know? Okay, put like, that in common person speak. What do you mean by negatively reinforced? Right. Okay. <laughs> so, no, 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 I'm glad you said that because I, 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 that's how I, as a behaviorist, I think about these things, you know, like, yeah. so negative reinforcement, the negative doesn't mean bad. Everyone thinks it means bad. When we talk about negative and positive reinforcement, when we say negative, something that's negatively reinforced, uh, the behavior continues. That's what reinforcement means. It's likely to occur again and again and again. If it's negative, that means something is subtracted or reduced or taken away. And when you say, when you don't say no, this is a lot of double negatives. Okay. <laughs> but when you don't, when you don't say no, when you people please, okay, that behavior uh, reduces the discomfort of having to deal with the guilt of saying no. All right, let's give an example. You ready? Nick, can I borrow, sure. can I borrow your car? Uh, do you want me to say yes or no? Okay, well, hold on. Nick, can I borrow your car? I'll be the narrator for a second. Nick does okay. not want me to borrow his car. His car is his baby. He loves his car. He doesn't like sharing his car. He needs his car, right. and he does not want me to borrow it. But I am saying, hey, I'm in, like, in a bind, and, you know, we're, you know, we're friends. Can I borrow your car? Would you mind? Hmm. 
yeah, sure, sure, ab- absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. And so, what do you get to avoid by saying that? So I don't really want to give you my car, of course but not. <laughs> I, but I want to maintain the relationship. I don't want you to be mad at me. Uh, I don't want you to think that I'm a bad person or a bad friend. So I, uh, I get to avoid all of that by saying no. And so that you mean by is, saying that, yes, uh, excuse me, by saying yes, yeah. exactly. So I say yes to the car. I give in to your request, even though I don't want to. Excuse me. So, um, and that relieves me of the distress that I might feel if I were to have said no. So that relieves me. It's, and so that's what we need to be a negative re- reinforcement. It, it reduced my distress. And because that occurred, I'm likely to set, be just the yes person in our relationship. Ask me for something else. I'll say yes. Ask me for something else. I'll say it because it avoids conflict. And because it does that, I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. Yeah. And that's one of, like I said, I think it becomes like this more passive habit. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you were saying about that, that you get to avoid, you know, that like, you know, mean being displeased or, you know, whatever. But I, I think the biggest thing that you avoid is the act of saying no, that like three seconds of saying, you know, I'm really not comfortable with that. Literally three seconds. That feels really bad to you for those three seconds. Now I might right. say like, of course, I completely understand. Like, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Like we're good. I might take the no fine, but you hate that three seconds. And so then you don't. But then what's, what's the, what's the trickle down though? How do you feel after, after you people please? Can I, I want to answer that question, but I, I also want to, let's go back to the three seconds. Cause I think it's longer than that, but I will go to that next. Sure. Um, so what do I lose there? So what, 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 so I lose the opportunity to learn, most importantly, mm. that I can say no, and it won't be as bad as I anticipate. This is what we're talking about with people with OCD all the time, and really cognitive behavioral therapy at large, but um, is that I, I, these are opportunities for me to learn something new, to learn that it's okay to say no, that I can take it, that you could take it, that the relationship can take it, okay? Mm, good points. Um, so that's what we that's what we lose, but we also lose something greater within the concept of the relationship, within the context of the relationship, is that our relationship, even that this is what's ironic, this is the irony that I see with so many people with OCD and anxiety disorders, is the irony, is that by people pleasing you, okay, and trying to keep that relationship going, I actually worsen it mm-hmm. because I'm not being genuine, yep. and I'm not being real. Yep. And I'm being burdened by because you keep asking and I keep saying yes. So our relationship is actually harmed. The exact opposite of what I hope to happen by saying yes, we go in the opposite direction of that. Totally. That's what's so crazy about this. Mm-hmm. That's what's so crazy about the, the concept of you know negative reinforcement, you know, and coping in that way or, or living your life in that way. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Because here's what's going to happen after a while. You're going to be like, oh, I really don't like Lauren. <laughs> that's what you're going to think. Right. When really Mm -hmm. like, it's just that you don't like how you feel and getting stuck in this situation, right? Like it's the easiest, the path of least resistance is to just say, sure. And then what you've learned from that is, well, I actually don't like Lauren because Lauren asked. Can I, okay. I agree with you. Can I go back to the three seconds thing? Yeah. Let's go talk to that. Yeah. Go for it. 
and then uh, and then I want to bring an example about parenting because we're talking about you and me and the car and sure. stuff. This this is so this is so broadly applied. Yeah. Um, so it's the three seconds. So the person thinks oh, this is going to be three seconds of discomfort, but it's actually probably longer than that because uh, yeah, they could say no, but what often happens is they ruminate. Oh my gosh, is Lauren mad at me? Let me check in. Is she going to be okay? Let me give her a text message Good and point. see if she responds back. How long it takes her to respond back? Now that might be some rumination you might see in OCD, but also social anxiety. People get all caught up about you know uh, these type of things and you know um, checking in to see the status of the relationship because you asserted yourself. Now what we would say as OCD therapists and anxiety therapists is yeah, you said no. Good, say no again. I'll say <laughs> no to your mom. Now say no yeah, to your yeah. kids. Now you know and all that. Um, we're talking about, you know, you asking me to borrow a car. Let's go to parenting. You know, I think I, I see this with parents too, is they don't want to say no to their kids. You know, they're constantly, you know, giving snacks or, um, or, or, or what have you, you know? Um, and, or I, I talked with somebody this week who, um, we're talking about, you know, saying no to his son, you know? Uh, like, Daddy, will you play with me? You know, well, maybe he wants to read the newspaper <laughs> or scroll Facebook or watch TV or look at this, uh, drink his, finish his cup of coffee, you know, on the in the morning. And if he never says no to his son, you know, he's not going to get the chance to enjoy that. He's going to, this could worsen where if he never says no, he comes to resent his children. I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm skipping to the end here. Sure. You know what I mean? But like um, these, these things have impact, you know what I mean? And that's why I think we need to be, this is the, my, why I talk about the concept of selfishness and autonomy, individuality, that we are, we are different people when we have needs that we need to address. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, something I see a lot when I'm treating moms is getting a real black and white idea of there are good parents and there are bad parents. And if I say no to my kids, if I upset my kids, if I'm not 100% attentive to my kids, if I miss something, if I, you know, I don't know, you, you know, we can fill in the gaps, then I'm a bad parent. If my kid's crying because of something I did, then I'm a bad parent, right? And right. so then the right. corrective thing in their mind is, well, don't make my kids cry. Don't miss a thing. Do it, you know be the martyr. Right. Right. And right, here, right. the problem with that on the parent end is burnout. And on the child end is they never learn disappointment. Oh my God. Yes. And they become entitled rich kids or whatever. Or, or poor kids or middle-class <laughs> right. kids. I know. Right. But no, like I know, I know. learning disappointment is a skill in and of itself. Yeah. You know, and totally. That's valid. You know, if I ask you to use your car and you say no, it's valid that I'm disappointed. And you're also valid in saying I'm not comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I need to learn how to take disappointment so that it doesn't turn into, well, Nick's such a jerk. He's not actually a good friend. Because it goes right. both or ways, my... right? right? Right. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I agree with that. So um, what you mentioned black or white thinking. Um, what else do you want to say anything else about that? So, um, I'm looking at our notes here. What yeah. You know, I, I just think that like why people don't say no is, is can certainly be driven by like somewhat distorted thinking. 
Sometimes it's avoidance, sometimes it's discomfort, sometimes I don't know why. But the black and white would be, well, if I say no, I'm a bad person, or I'm a bad friend, or I'm a bad partner, or I'm a bad employee, or I'm a bad parent. Right. And, and that's mm. another reason why we justify not saying no. The problem with not saying no is it tends to lead to a lot of resentment. It leads to anger. Mm. It leads to, you know, very fragile relationships because mm. we can't be real and honest and genuine with people. Mm. I agree. And I also, um, I, I, like I say, I also think, I think it helps relationships to say no and to be, uh, to be assertive like that. Um, there was another thought I had, but I've lost it. So we'll have to do something else. Okay. Uh, should we talk more about disappointment and the importance of, uh, disappointment and what we can learn from hearing no and saying no? So, um, you, this is, the, I mean, a lot of people are going to tell you no outside of your family, you know, outside of the home. So you have to know that you can't expect to just get everything you want. You know what I mean? It's important to be, to be, uh, for that to be modeled uh, in the home for the, for the, for the child to hear that and, and know what to do with that, to not, you know, to be able to continue on with their life or find something else to do, um, you know, and, and for that parent child relationship to be able to sustain that. Totally. Um, what, how many times have you been told no in, 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 a, in a job or in your life or in school or whatever, you know, you kind of got to get used to it. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, and I also think it's a, I also think it's, I, this is what I was going to say before. I think what um, it's also affirming to, to say no and to um, like, it's, it's a self-esteem booster. Like you're, you're taking care of, I guess that's the selfishness piece is that you're taking care of yourself by, and your own needs by saying no, which, which I think could be empowering. You know, no as uh, no and selfishness is an empowering thing because so many people that are like say let's say people pleasers are are just looking out for everybody else. You know, and when you inc include that word or that dynamic of no into your life, that can be an empowering thing for you and build your self esteem. When you do ask the boss for a raise, and maybe not even that big, you know, um, I was talking with somebody earlier this week who had a conversation with her bosses about the dynamics of her job that she was unsure about. And she went in there and, and this is more of an assertiveness conversation. She didn't necessarily say no, you know what I mean? But I, I lump those all together as a self-esteem builder. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that when you can really, when you get comfortable saying no is when the door opens to actual negotiation. So if you say, no, you can't borrow my car, but like, what's going on? Can I help you another mm -hmm. way? Maybe I can give you sure. a ride possible right. that we can get like the needs be met be met mm -hmm. without sitting in the black and white of like this is the ask i said no the conversation's over so the more comfortable you get with mm -hmm. saying no and taking no the conversation actually can open up to okay well what's actually going on and what's another mm -hmm. way we can think about it and are there other solves and can we meet in the middle and then you have more of a give and take so, you know, really like the ability to have a give and take is a sign of a really good, healthy relationship. Um, and we can't get there if we can't say no and we can't take no, because what happens then you, is anger, resentment and avoidance. Right. And to, to add to that is you get to you get to practice having relationships with people. You get to practice negotiating. You know, you get to practice compromise um, when you, when you are told no. OK, well, what about this? What about that? OK, yeah, I can do that, but I can't do this. You know what I mean? Well, now two people who have, who have come to an agreement about what can be done. Um, when, 
uh, when you said no, when you asserted your needs and, uh, and, and had that negotiation. It's, it's good for relationships. I guess what we're saying is to not say no, to be a people pleaser is bad for relationships and uh, saying no and asserting yourself is uh, typically a good thing to do. So black and white of us. <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing as soon as <laughs> so I said funny. Exactly. But yeah, no, right. I mean, hey, sometimes it is, right? So, um, you know, okay, like a couple other thoughts. I think that there's room for personality as a consideration. Some people... Mm are really bad at taking no. And it comes from, they have a really strong drive and they want what they want in a very deep way. And so they really can struggle just like in their personality, taking no for an answer. And mm -hmm. you know, that that's a self-awareness to have and to kind of learn from and kind of learn to titrate. Um, but I think that, you know, the importance of disappointment is about kind of learning, okay, I'm not gonna get everything I want. This isn't going how I want it to go. But I also need, you know, we live in a social world and I need to learn how to like work and interact with others. And so if I'm a bulldozer and I can never take no for an answer, there's downstream consequences of that. Maybe you get what you want more than the average person, but there, mm -hmm. there is a cost, you know? And then the other end of the spectrum, there's people that are in their personality, you know, for any various reasons they really struggle to ask for things. And mm -hmm. that's also an important thing to know and kind of work on titrating up. So, you know, there's there's lots of different factors for that. I'd say that's kind of worth keeping in mind. Um, okay, let's see, what else did we want to say? Did you well, have something to add? The next, well, not necessarily, but yeah, I was just kind of looking at the next thing. So, when, for, so the, for people, I guess this is a, a discussion for people that are having a hard time saying no. What are good ways to practice this? How do we, how do we say no with confidence? I, I think I always like to practice small to big and also practice on people that you have less significant relationships with versus more significant mm. relationships. One, one reason I think that people can really get stuck in saying no is when there's an element of a surprise. And I didn't see it coming. I didn't know what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, maybe you find yourself in a sales pitch or your friend mm. gets you out of the blue and, and you didn't see it coming. In that situation, I think one really simple thing that everybody can practice is saying, let me think about that, you mm -hmm. know, and just like pause. I'm, I'm going to give it a good think either in that moment or let me get back to you. Um, mm -hmm. now it's important if you're going to say, let me get back to you. Like you should circle back. This isn't just about avoidance, right. but you know, I sure. think that the element of surprise, people might be more likely to say yes when they wouldn't actually want to, because they don't give themselves the time and space to think it through. Um, so one way that you can really build the skill is just practice saying, let me have a think about that. Um, and then the second way is I would, um, you know, everybody finds themselves in sales pitches from time to time and, you know, any variety of things, you know, practice saying no to those people because you don't mm -hmm. owe them anything and they're trying to sell you mm -hmm. something and mm -hmm. um, build your muscles there because the conversation will end and they're going to be pretty meaningless to you in your life because you may or may not ever see them again, where it'd be a lot easier to say no to a family member, a loved one, a good friend, you know, so on and so forth. And then um, I would also say like on the, on really small things versus what feels like a really big thing. What would you add to that? 
Well, I like that. Start low to high. That's uh, that's what we do so much in exposure therapy. You know, work your way up to these these bigger things. Um, uh, I, I like I like what you said about non family members. You know, it's easier to be assertive. Hope, hopefully, with a stranger um, or with um, you know a barista at Starbucks. Of course, that's not necessarily no. That's can you make my order over again or something like that? Sure, same. Um, similar concept. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things that I remember thinking last week about this was don't ruin a good no with an, I'm sorry. Oh, good. You know, um, you know this isn't always the case, you know, like if you would ask me for my car, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's not the worst thing, you know, that you could do. Um, but I do think it's a hedge that people kind of rely on. No, but I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. No, I would love to, but no, I'm just so we don't have to do all that. You know, you could just say no. And, um, I'd rather not something like that, uh, and then move on. But I just think, uh, that's a whole nother thing we could talk about is the over apologizing that we seem to do these days. But well, what, I think that's also a part of that guilt that we were talking about. I was earlier. just about to say, why do people do that? Because they feel badly, mm -hmm. you know? And I think mm -hmm. the way out of that guilt is, you know, you have to kind of consider, like that comes at the expense of your self-respect and good, healthy mm. self-respect is going to be looking at a situation from what is my lens and what is best for me and what is your lens mm. and what is best for you. And mm. I can't, I, not that I can't, it's not healthy for me to apologize for what is best for me. Mm, that's well said. Right. Well said. I'm invalidating the very like nature core of who yep. I am when mm -hmm. I am apologizing for what is best for right. me. And if I like and know and respect and regard for you and it is mutual, I would hope that you can see and appreciate. Yes, mm -hmm. that is best for you. And I respect that. Now that's uh, assuming you have a reciprocal relationship, you know, uh, but, but yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what we would want. Well, I, I like how you said that. I would hope that I, I'm not in too many relationships with people that we don't have mutual respect and regard for, you know, right? Like, right, and if you right, think about right. when you're doing it on the harder things, it's your mm -hmm. friends, your family, your coworker, your boss, right. right? Like I would hope that there's some amount of like mutual human respect and regard. Sure. Um, I will say, you know, an interpersonal kind of skill that I think is incredibly useful is we all kind of look through, um, you know, our own lens. Like we're all always looking through our own worldview and I would expect that mm -hmm. from anybody, right? We're all the protagonists in our mm -hmm. own story. But if you're really gonna say no to somebody and you're gonna really have like a good, solid, strong relationship, it is a very helpful exercise to say, this is where I'm coming from. Where mm -hmm. are they coming from? And if you don't mm -hmm. know, you should ask. Why is that so important to you? Why do you need my car? What's going on with your car? You know, like mm -hmm, what, what's mm -hmm. the situation? I want to understand from your side. If you take sure. the time to do that, you can mm -hmm. have a more thoughtful no and a more thoughtful mm -hmm. situation, you know, as opposed to sure. just this like boom, right? Like, you know, with the mm -hmm. example of your kid wants to play with you and you want to drink your coffee or you want to eat your lunch or whatever it is that mm -hmm. you want to do, you want to exercise. Um, it's, Hey, I, I love that you want to play, play with me and I mm -hmm. want to play with you. And right now I need to exercise. So I can't play with you mm -hmm. right now. 
is Seems exercise. Like say no to kids. Exercise right. is important for me, and it keeps my body and my brain healthy, and it keeps me a nice parent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'd love to play with you later, but I can't right mm-hmm. now. You know, so you're mm-hmm. considering why it's important. You're acknowledging, I love that you want to play with me, but I'm saying no because I need to do what's best for me. And if your kid says you shouldn't do what's best for you, then you need to have other lessons and other conversations with your kid. Right. And they might, but that's the thing. They might say that at first, especially if you're not well practiced at telling them no. Sure. Um, you know, and, but, but, but with, with practice, they'll get it. You know, I, I should say this is probably a good time uh, to, for me to, I'm not going to sing it, but I have a whole song. It's the no song um, at home, you know. And Your it's, poor it's, children. It's daddy, sa- <laughs> it's the daddy says no, you know, and, uh, you know, they just know. They just know, hey, daddy, can we watch a show? No, you know, <laughs> daddy, can we, if it's, and then my kids will say, you know what? You always say yes. You always say yes when we say, do we want to play outside? Yeah, you're right. I do. And sometimes you say yes when we say, "Do you want to watch a TV show?" Well, yeah, you're right. Sometimes I say yes. Sometimes so they know with me. You know, that it's very clear, um, and and they can take it. They can withstand that in the relationship. They don't flip out. You know what I mean? And and I love it as a parent because I feel gratified because when I do say no, what do they end up? They end up playing, using their imagination, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Um, yeah. yeah so. You just put hit on two very important behavioral parts. Number one, when people are not used to you saying no, it's very possible that they're not going to take it well and they're going to get angry because they're surprised mm. they didn't see it coming and they didn't like that. And mm-hmm. that is valid mm-hmm. on their part. And mm-hmm. you have to kind of withstand that because when you set boundaries that you're not usually setting, there is usually backslide, back, back, um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Backlash, backlash, backwash. Uh, backwash. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like, yeah. that's valid. You got to write it out. Right. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing that you said is the importance of boundaries and no in a consistent way. Because if sometimes mm-hmm. I say yes to cookies at 10 a.m. and sometimes I say no to cookies at 10 a.m., you know, I mean, that's going to be really confusing. I, to a degree, I, I would agree. I would disagree slightly because I also think there's flexibility with regards yes. to how we do things, and that they could learn that because that's intermittent reinforcement. And uh, you know the what I mean? behavior comes okay. out again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else? I also thought too. Well, the first, the first, first point you made is, and you were called, you were, you were referencing what's an exti- called an extinction burst. Yeah. You know, what, what, if the, if the kid every time they go to the store. Um, and they say, can I have a candy bar? And you give them a candy bar every time you go in because you're trying to prevent them from screaming or crying. If you say no, when after giving them consistent candy bars every time they've gone into the store, then you're going to get a backlash and it's going to be loud. You know what I mean? And it's understandable that the kid's going to do that because you've taught them that they get this yes to the candy bar every time they go to the store. So uh, that's what you were referencing before. I love that. You know, I love that the, the behaviorist is just, it just seeps out of you. Um, it's right there. Right so, there. okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this in a different context. I think one way that you could do no is actually more of a silent no. And that let's say your boss or coworkers email you all night and crack a dawn and it's like a 24-hour email cycle i think a really passive way that you could say no is to not check and respond to your email 
after yep. let's say 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Now, based on the context, mm -hmm. you may want to, you know, notify the person or not and say, hey, right. I'm right. working around the clock. I need to unwind a little bit. I'm going to stop being yeah. on email after 9 p.m. And some yeah. environments may respect that and some that may actually right. create a backlash. And so maybe sometimes it's a silent no of just not answering, you know, mm -hmm. and getting to it when when it's a better time. Um, or not, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the other thing that can happen is like when you say no to kind of time or workload or like the harder no's in, in a work setting, you're definitely going to get, as you call it, that extinction burst where people might get really pissed at you because they expect you to be on call because you're always on call. Listen, this comes up, this has come up. I'm sure it has with you too. Yep. So many professionals I talked to, so many young professionals, uh, as much talk as there was with the millennial generation or whatever about like, like I remember Google when they like had like buffet and chefs and ping pong and all this kind of stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, I think that's all a joke. I think they're just trying to get you to work more um, <laughs> and just constantly work all the time. That's a different topic. But, but anyway, the, there's a lot of toxic workplaces that are out there that expect people to be on and with the ubiquity of email and Slack and, um, and, and text messaging that people are on all the time and they just fall into that and they just constantly on. And I, I don't know if this is like an old man thing to say, but like whatever happened to the nine to five job that you go home and, you know, cook dinner and like have a little bit of re relaxation and rest before you go back the next day. For a lot of people, that doesn't exist. Now, what I always say is, if your company, because people are wanting to you know, have more assertiveness and say more no, I don't just blanket say, oh, just stop answering your emails because they could get fired. You know what I mean? Oh, sure, yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, so you got to be careful there with that. But, you know, uh, but I, I, I agree with you to, to say those sort of passive, like not answer the emails. You are essentially uh, being assertive and, and saying no in an important way when you do that. Yeah. And, you know, it, you really need to know the context and you need to know the culture. But mm -hmm. a lot of times when people start by, you know, saying no and setting boundaries, a lot, uh, usually it's re received with people are relieved of like, well, I do that because you do that. And everyone else we work with does that. And maybe we could all benefit mm -hmm. from blocking off email after mm -hmm. 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, you, you never know. Like, you got to know your culture. Um, okay. Let's see. What else? Um I think another, we kind of talked about this a little bit with guilt, but I think that one big thing about saying no to people is we really worry about upsetting them and they're going to be upset and that's going to be terrible and it's going to be all my fault. And, sure. you know, we were talking about how like disappointment's actually a great thing to learn. I think hmm. one way to think about self-respect and respect for others is it is okay and valid for them to be disappointed. And I don't have to fix that and that their emotions <laughs> can belong to them. And mm -hmm. I think that they are a capable enough person that they can get over mm -hmm. that disappointment and that displeasure mm -hmm. and be okay. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, there's some DBT peppered in that, in sure. that statement, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, well, and you can acknowledge something's regrettable. It's unfortunate. And you can have mm. that guilt without shame and guilt without that like over-functioning martyr thing. I, you know, I'm regretful. It's regretful that, you know, like I can't do this thing for you because I know it's important to you and, and I'd like to make you happy, but it's not a good choice for me. And so, and I think, you know, you said, don't dilute it with an, I'm sorry. I think you can say, 
I'm sorry that that's upsetting for you because that is upsetting and that's valid. And I'm still a no. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't apologize for saying no, you apologize that you're upset <laughs> and, in, in that, in, in that example. Yeah. And I think, you yeah. know, it's funny. People hate that the, I'm sorry that you're upset, but. Oh, right. People, but that's a good, that's, that's, that's a good use of that though. Right there. No, it's showing like, I see that you're upset. Like I'm compassionate. I'm yeah. empathic for the fact that you're upset and it's valid yes. that you are upset right. because this is important to you. And I see that and I hear that and I get that. And I still can't do that. I still can't meet you. There. I think you found, I think you found a loophole for where that that apology version of an apology is a good thing, and and, and all other areas it's bad. Like, Helpful. you know, yeah. I'm sorry that you're I'm sorry that you're upset that uh, you know I sexually harassed you, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that situation, we're going with a yeah. no on that one. But right, yeah, exactly. sometimes my inaction, my action or inaction, mm -hmm. creates a trickle down for you, and that is a valid emotion. And I can see that and hear that and not always change. doesn't mean I have to change my mind. And it doesn't mean that you aren't a strong enough, capable enough person that you can weather and tolerate that displeasure, upset, disappointment. Right. And people, everyone needs to learn that, 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 that yes, that might be, um, that might have a negative feeling attached with saying no, but um, I bet you could take it. And I bet the relationship could take it. You just have to try. Totally. Yeah. I say to my kids all the time, I'm like, Hey, listen, that's disappointing. And I hear you. Mm -hmm. And I know that. And I'm, I know that that's hard. And mm -hmm. I think you can come out the other side. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Okay. So, cool. uh, that was good. Yeah. So let's say our call to action is yes. go throw a whole lot of nose out into the world. Yeah. And be assertive and be and and, and this, uh, for a lot of people, this is a risk. And we're asking you to take that risk. It's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Um, I, uh, I can't guarantee that, but it's likely. And, and, you know, you said a great thing before is that, that um, the learning afterwards of that the world didn't burn down. Mm -hmm. That went okay. Take time to actually reflect mm -hmm. on that learning because that's what's going to help right. build that muscle. So, cool. Yeah, totally. All right. Sounds good, right, Nick. Lauren. Catch you later. Okay. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Credit to our theme music to my brother, Andrew McLean. Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell us what you think. All opinions are our own.